Welcome to Cotton Specialist Corner. I'm Seth Bird. Today we're going to do a visit in with some of our cotton specialists from across the Southwest and get an update from that region on how the season's going so far. So we'll start off as normal with introductions. Tell you what, Murillo, take it away. This is Murillo Maeda. I'm the Extension Cotton Specialist for Texas A&M Life Extension Service based out of Lubbock, Texas. Thanks, Murillo. And then moving down south, the other part of Texas, Ben, go ahead. I'm Ben McKnight. Extension Cotton Specialist with the Texas A&L Life Extension Service, and I'm based in College Station, Texas. Thanks, Ben. And then moving out further west, Randy. Hello, this is Randy Norton with the University of Arizona, Extension Agronomist based out of Southeast Arizona. Good to be here. Thanks to the three of you guys for joining us. So, you know, we talked with the Mid-South group earlier. They were having some issues with planting. And so really, we're kind of just doing a mid-season check-in with the Southwest group. So, Marilla, we'll start back with you. You know, how's the season been up to this point? So we're sitting here in mid-August. What's the cotton season been like for you up to now? Seth, you know, much like what happened in other places off the cotton belt this year, our crop is fairly late. You know, usually we start planting here sometime early May. And there was some acres that actually went in early May, but then we started getting a whole bunch of rain. And, you know, planting didn't really pick up real good until the latter part of May. And then we also had a whole bunch of acres going in fairly late into June there. And so the weather has been somewhat mild up to this point. When we look at heat unit accumulation, let's say from a May 15 planting date, from South Lubbock all the way up into Amarillo, they're running probably about 150 to 200 heat units or so behind up to this point. And Again, the weather has been fairly mild this year. Looking at some dryland cotton just south of La Mesa there just a while ago. And the dryland crop, I'm not real worried about it because it seems like it's moving along pretty well. But there is a whole bunch of cotton that's probably, you know, two to three weeks behind at this point. So the season has been good. Again, you look at especially dryland cotton out there with, the amount of moisture that we've been getting so far, it looks outstanding. My main concern right now is just whether or not we're going to have enough season to be able to finish it all. All right. Thanks, Marillo. Yeah, we're hearing a lot about cotton being behind from basically everybody across the belt this year. Ben, moving to you, I mean, you know, you're in one of those areas that at least the geography you cover, you probably got some cotton that's maybe being harvested here pretty soon, and you probably got some that's a good ways away from harvest. So. I know it's a big area to cover, but what are you seeing in your geography? Yeah, that's right, Seth. We're actually just now starting to get busy harvesting in the lower Rio Grande Valley and the coastal bend. Like Marilla was saying, those areas are about two to three weeks late as well. You know, those areas, they've just been dealing with so many weather-related challenges this year. Generally, in the lower Rio Grande Valley, we're planting cotton between Valentine's Day and March the 1st, and that winter storm really delayed folks from getting cotton in the ground in that geography. So the lower Rio Grande Valley and the coastal bend are about on par with each other regarding you know, the times they were planted and maturity. But things started off really dry in both of those areas, and then the switch was flipped, and 
we got way too much rainfall in a lot of those areas. And just to put it in perspective, I was visiting with an agent in the lower Rio Grande Valley in April, and she had indicated that about 25,000 acres of the crop in that part of Texas had been disastered out due to drought. About two weeks later, I was on the phone with that same agent, and she said the biggest question that she had been getting lately was, how well does cotton tolerate flooded conditions? So quite the swing in weather-related events, but from the Rio Grande Valley up to College Station and even a little bit into the Blackland Prairie, we're about two to three weeks behind. And, you know, that may present some challenges for some of the folks along the coast. We're starting to get closer to that time of year when we see tropical weather systems blow in and that can hinder harvesting activities. And we also have to be mindful of stock destruction deadlines to be in compliance with boll weevil eradication. So more to come, but hopefully we can get the crop out of the field. I anticipate that when it gets going, it's going to be nonstop and pretty hard and heavy. That's a good point about the stalk destruction. That's something I think a lot of folks don't deal with that y'all do. What are those deadlines? It is a calendar date. The areas of Texas are broken up into various zones. The southernmost two zones south of San Patricio County, be that Corpus Christi area down to the Rio Grande River. That's going to be September the 1st is the stock destruction deadline. So we have about two, two and a half weeks to get the crop harvested and get the stalks destructed so that we're in compliance. Correct me if I'm wrong, but usually if there is some kind of delay because of weather, that we will extend that deadline for a couple of days anyway? Yes, that is my understanding. Thanks, Ben, for that. And then moving to Arizona, and you know, Randy, there's a lot of attention every year paid to, you know, Georgia, the Mid-South, and parts of Texas. But I guess as a cotton specialist, I always look at Arizona, especially in California, too, because that's where, you know, so much seed production is going on. So I always think that the seasons that you guys have out there dictate a lot of what we're going to be seeing next spring. How's Arizona's season going? Yeah, that's a good point, Seth. We do have a lot of seed production in the state of Arizona. I think it's up this year. We've got about 125,000 acres total in the state. You know, I don't have a real good handle on seed production, but my guess is we're between 70 and 80%. You know, probably 75% of the acreage in the state is for seed production. So it's a major industry for us here in the state. To be quite honest with you, it's kept a lot of our growers in business with some of these contracts, and it's allowed them to continue to grow cotton you know, in years where things are a little bit leaner. So in Arizona, we've got, you know, really kind of two separate regions that are distinct, kind of like what Ben was talking about. We've got some cotton where they're planting mid-February. They're on the western part of the state, down in the southwest corner in Yuma. That production region down there is really driven by vegetables. So they plant their cotton very early. Most of it has been terminated. The final irrigation was put on, you know, maybe 10 days ago. So we're going to start seeing cotton defoliated here within the next, oh, probably seven to 10 days. And we'll probably see harvesters in the field the very first part of September. I was down there just a couple of weeks ago, and the crop looks pretty good. We've had a lot of heat stress this year across the state. But what we see there in that area is typically most of the crop is made prior to the high levels of heat stress that we see. So, you know, we've had some effect on the top crop there in the western part of the state with the heat stress, but I'm pretty optimistic. I think it looks pretty good, at least average or better than average in that part of the state. The central part of the state, that's a little bit of a different story. You know, we've had quite a bit of heat stress, as I mentioned, very similar to what we saw in 2020, 
which was one of the hottest summers we've seen in recent memory, and more what we call level two heat stress days in 2020 than we've seen since, really since we started recording. We had 36 days of level two heat stress in 2020, and we're on track to see that again. I will say, however, here recently, our monsoon has really taken off. We've had more rain this summer across the state, and we're sitting actually in a system right now where we're expected to get a considerable amount of rain here this weekend. You know, we've got areas in the desert where we've had seven, eight, nine, ten inches of rain in the monsoon. And for us, that's completely unheard of. You know, that's unprecedented. We're typically in the two to three, maybe four inch rainfall for some heavy monsoons. So we've had a very heavy, active monsoon season this summer. And because of that, we've seen it's driven some of our heat stress. When we get these high humidities, the temperature in the low desert will stay above 80, 85 degrees overnight. And that's when we begin to see some of the issues with the heat stress. The other thing that we've seen this year too, with some of the increased humidity levels, monsoon activities, we actually have seen some more insect issues than what we've seen in recent years. In areas of the state where we've got a fair amount of Pima cotton planted, we're seeing some bollworm activity, leaf perforator activity, and then some plant bug ligus activity. There's not a whole lot of cotton that's been treated for bollworm, but they're out there and we're monitoring them pretty closely, or at least the PCAs are monitoring them pretty closely. You know, we still have in the central part of the state, the eastern part of the state, we can set blooms, you know, usually around the 10th of September, you know, a bloom that opens on that day, we can usually take that to harvest, depending on fall conditions, obviously. So we still have, you know, a good four weeks of bloom left. We've lost a fair amount. You can go out and look at the crop and see that stratification of those levels within that canopy where we've lost fruit due to heat stress. So we'll see. 2020 actually wasn't a terribly bad year in terms of yield. We actually had a very long fall and we were able to make up some of the loss that we saw during the primary fruit set and that primary bloom cycle. We were able to make up some of that with the long fall that we had. So we'll see if we get that again this year, it could turn out, you know, average better than average. Right now, I'm a little bit concerned about where we're sitting in terms of yield, but time will tell. And that concern, Randy, is that mainly due to the fruit shed that you experience that you mentioned due to heat stress? So the short answer is yes. My concerns are related primarily to that. You know, the insect pressure is, we have seen some, but it hasn't been real significant. And that insect pressure has primarily been in areas where we have non-BT cotton planted with the Pima cotton. My main concerns are with some of the heat stress that we've seen. And because of the rainfall and the heat stress and fruit loss, we've seen a lot of cotton get some pretty good size to it and begin to develop some vegetative tendencies. So we've seen a lot of picks go out, a lot of mepiquot chloride go out, plant growth regulator go out this year, try to slow it down. So we'll see what the weather holds for us for the rest of this season. Yeah, so you mentioned insects. That's something that we've seen here in Oklahoma more too. And it's not just our normal pest. You know, we're seeing higher numbers of those, the ones that we usually have. We're also seeing different pests. We don't usually have a big plant bug problem. And I've seen more plant bugs this year. We don't typically run into issues like wireworm. And we've had wireworm issues earlier in the year. And I don't know, you know, if the weather we had in 2020 and into 2021 winter has something to do with that. But we've seen the same thing here. We've had just really heavy insect pressure from a variety of species this year. I guess I'm curious, tossing it back to Ben in Murillo too. Have y'all seen similar issues or, you know, anything beyond insects that you've been dealing with? 
down here in South Texas, it's been relatively quiet in terms of any just full-blown infestation of any particular species. That's not to say that we didn't have some thrips pressure early in the year, and we had some flea hopper pressure. And I guess the latest thing that we've had to deal with has been brown stink bugs. But in any of those instances, it hasn't just been, you know, a full-blown infestation. You know, just visiting with some of our extension entomologists, they made the comments, you know, it's actually surprisingly been a relatively quiet year for insects compared to other years, at least in this geography. So blink bugs for us up here, we usually don't have a whole lot of problems with them. Early on trips is our main issue, and we do have some of it early on in the season. Here lately, flea hoppers have been showing up, and I've heard that there were some sprays going out. Even more recently, the one that has been showing up is aphids. We usually don't see a whole lot of aphids showing up, but this year, for one reason or another, they're around. And so we just started picking up some fields where they were pretty close to economic threshold already last week. I haven't heard a whole lot of sprays going out just yet, but it's something we're keeping an eye on. Definitely. But I think from a bigger perspective, one of the things that I've been really pleased with the crop that we have out there in the field right now is just fruit retention this year has been outstanding. You know, mild weather, fairly good moisture available out there to those plants. And so I've walked quite a few fields, whether they're driving or irrigated. And for the most part, there is not a whole lot of lost positions there to this point. So that makes me feel good about the crop that we have out there now. And again, like I said, there's not to say that we don't have some late cotton out there, but the potential is there. So we're sitting on a crop that has a lot of potential this year, both dryland and irrigated. But, you know, we are going to need a good fall to be able to finish it all. Yeah, well, you know, one thing, and Ben, kind of go back to what you say, anytime that your entomologist or your pathologist are bored, we're probably having a pretty good year. I always like when those guys are kind of bored or they're not as excited. If they're excited, I always get nervous. So it sounds like everybody's fairly on the same page. Randy, I guess it's nice to hear that your crop's on time, but you've also experienced a ton of heat stress. So given all that, you know, from where we are now moving forward towards harvest, you know, I guess from each of you, what's your outlook, maybe expectation and anything that you're worried about, whether it be yield or quality or something else. And Randy, we can start back with you. Kind of echoing some of my earlier comments, you know, I really think the western part of the state, I think we're in pretty good shape there. And we'll see here coming up soon. But, you know, kind of what Marillo and Ben mentioned about having a nice open fall, that's going to be critical for us to help us kind of make up some of the fruit loss that we have experienced mid-season. And if we can get that and maybe carry the crop a little bit longer into the fall than we might normally, I think we can make up for some of that loss. You know, the insect pressure that we're seeing is a little concerning, and I just encourage growers to keep an eye on it, make sure that their PCAs are checking. You know, with all the moisture we've had too, alternaria is not uncommon for us to see in the state, some leaf spot, and also even some southwest cotton rust. So I know a lot of growers have been putting out kind of preventative treatments for southwest cotton rust because it's really hit us hard sometimes in recent years. So just keep an eye out for some of those pathogens. And like you say, Seth, whenever you have an excited and a giddy extension plant pathologist, it's never a good thing when they're out in the field looking at stuff. So, I mean, that's kind of where we are. I guess I would consider myself an optimist. You know, I think we're going to be 
average to better than average for this year. And hopefully we have some good quality seed produced for the rest of the country. Yeah, for sure. I know when Arizona has a rough year, usually the following year can always be a little dicey with the seed. So I know a lot of the marketing eyes are on other parts of the country, but I always like to hear your updates from Arizona because I think it does dictate a lot of what we may run into the next year. So Marillo, same question to you. Outlook going forward and any concerns? Seth, I think my main concern at this point is how late, you know, some of our cotton is. Around the region, we have, you know, stuff that I'd say is pretty well on track and then some stuff that's behind and everything in between. And so my main concern right now is just whether or not we're going to have enough time to finish it all. And I am cautiously optimistic this year. I think we're sitting on crop that has a lot of potential. Since I've been here the past three seasons or so, they haven't been, you know, real good for our growers here. So we're doing a good year. You know, hopefully 21 is it. That's what we're hoping. Yeah, I'd say you're going to be worried about season length and finishing a crop more years than not. I'm just used to having that feeling now. That's normal. And then being over to you, same question. And you're a whole lot closer, at least on some of your cotton, to it being done than another, but outlook across your area. Kind of like what Marilla was saying, I guess one of the biggest issues that has me concerned is a timely harvest in some of those areas of South Texas. Again, I think I mentioned this earlier, you know, we're getting close to the time of year when we have these tropical weather systems that blow in. Again, you know, the boll weevil eradication stalk destruction deadlines, those are going to present challenges from a time frame perspective. You know, folks in that part of the world had a really, really good year last year. And this year, I would expect there to be just a tremendous amount of variability, not just from field to field, but even within fields. There were several areas that remained inundated for quite a bit longer than higher areas of the field. And several of the calls I got earlier this year were growers that had questions about how to manage what seemed like a single cotton field that was in three different growth stages. And so, again, there's just a lot of variability in plant maturity and bowl load in some of those locations. You know, further north, where I'm based out of in College Station and into the Blackland Prairie, we were planted late enough that we didn't see a lot of those weather-related challenges that the folks further south in the state saw. The cotton here in the Brazos Bottom, it got off to a wet start as well, cloudy conditions. We had some fruit shed and I think for the most part where we're at, we had enough time to recover from those issues. But just moving forward, I think that timely, efficient harvest is the biggest thing that I'm concerned about. Thanks, man. So I guess from all of us, we just need to dial up about a 60-day, mild, dry, sunny September, just like every other year. We'll see what we can do. Appreciate the update from all three of you. Hopefully, all your wishes are granted and we can get through this year. And have a nice yielding, high quality crop. I want to say feel free to folks that are listening. If you have any suggestions, we're going to keep fishing for ideas from our listeners, both of them. Hopefully got a few more than two maybe, but send us your ideas and we'll try to incorporate as many suggestions as we can in the future episodes or topics to cover. So again, thanks to our speakers. Thanks to Cotton Incorporated for their support. If you want to follow us on Twitter, we're at Cotton Corner Pod. We're available on all of the podcast apps. You just search for us on whatever one you use. You can probably find us. If you can't find us, let us know, and we'll, we'll try to get on there. Throw us a rating or subscribe. 
Also, thanks to Keith Edmiston for the music, and thank you for listening. Oh, <laughs> oh,